This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400 in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green, and we are in the Ingles studio. This hour of the program is always brought to you by Ingles. Low prices, love the savings. Interesting things happening in the NBA. You get the Clippers? Look. I've been in Atlanta for the last two days and engaging in all of the baseball festivities. Red Sox, Braves, a couple of 10-8 to eight ball games. I learned one valuable lesson, by the way. One valuable lesson. The first time you take two 10-year-olds to a baseball game, don't try to take them to a second baseball game the next day. Two games was one too many. And, uh, yeah, we only made it through about four innings of, of day two. Down at Truist Park. So they made it through 13 innings? Yep. That is 13 innings more than I probably would have made it through. <laughs> How did I know it was going to come back to you? It always comes back to all about Jeremy. Yeah. I, I was actually <laughs> trying to give your children credit that they made it much longer than I would have. Right. We, got, we got through the gates at Truist Park for game two yesterday. Uh, we got the bobbleheads. The, the, the Aussie Albies bobbleheads were secured. We had a hot dog and an ice cream, and by the top of the first inning, Joshua looks over at me and goes, can we go back to the hotel now? He actually tried to to get me to let him go back to the hotel by himself. That's an aggressive strategy. (laughs) I know the way. I can can go back, and you and Joe don't have to leave the game. Uh, no. 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 I'm not I'm I'm not thinking that's going to happen. Uh I actually looked him in his 10-year-old eyes and said, "Are you crazy? A 10-year-old on your own trying to walk I mean, it's not it's not even a mile, but it's a long haul. That's entirely too much. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> it is a long haul to go across, but we you know, we stayed at the we stayed at the Renaissance Hotel right across the interstate from the ballpark. So there is a walking bridge, but you've got to walk through two parking lots to get to the bridge, then go across the bridge, then go all the way through the battery up to the hotel. I, feel, I you know, part of me as a, as a father feels like, hmm, I mean, he was at least trying to save our feelings. And let him go, and we could stay. That's that's not how any of this works. So yeah, we 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 left with the Red Sox up four to one. They weren't even paying attention to the score. So I was like, let's just go back to the hotel. We'll take our bobbleheads. We'll call it a trip. It's been fun. And then of course I see later the replays of of the game because obviously when we got back to the hotel they wouldn't let me watch the game because there's only one TV in the hotel or, or in the hotel room. I thought about going down the hallway, just knocking on somebody's door and be like, hey, can I watch the game? I feel like if you did that, somebody would be like, it's happening right there. Look out the window. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been my answer 100%. I I could see the ballpark from the hotel room, uh, but you couldn't see anything on the field. We We weren't at the Omni that's like right there on top of the field. But then, of course, as I see the replays, Christian Arroyo hits a grand slam, and where did it land? 
Six right rows in front of us. Right where we would have been. <laughs> Never seen a Major League Grand Slam. Would have been cool to see one. Missed out on it, but memories were made. We move on. Everybody, you know, couple of couple of bumps on the trip, but all in all, it was a fun couple of days down in Atlanta for the uh, for the games, uh, and then waking up this morning to Atlanta radio completely gushing over the Atlanta Hawks triumphant comeback last night against the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Wow. I mean, it needs to be said, Ben Simmons is not a superstar. He's not. You cannot be 12 of 39 in an NBA playoff series from the free throw line. It has the word free in it. Right. Right. Uh, he just he just doesn't have the shot. He, 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 he has never been able to shoot. Now he can't shoot free throws to save his life. I mean, you got to be the you, you got to be the Robin. You got to be the Robin to Joel Embiid's Batman. And he can't. He he just can't come up in clutch, clutch positions. And then a guy that we always talk about needing to be the Robin to Kawhi Leonard's Batman became Batman last night. Yeah, I wouldn't count on that happening again. <laughs> and carried the L.A. Clippers. I said he. I told you yesterday he's going to score a lot of points. Yeah, he's just not going to be super efficient. Well, lo and behold, he was. <laughs> and I would be remiss if I didn't say that the Robin to his Batman. Florida State's own Terrence Mann. Yeah. Let's go, Terrence yeah. Mann. Yeah, playing the five last night. One of my favorite players in Florida State history. <laughs> Terrence Mann has proved positive that I could be an NBA scout. Yeah. Because I'm telling you right now, if you had given me a second-round pick in that draft, I would have gone, I, well, that kid's I, he's got a role somewhere. Right. I can't tell you exactly what he can do, <laughs> but he can play in the NBA. Uh-huh. It'd be a lot better than taking some kid that you've never seen. You watch some grainy international footage and went, well, we can stash him for five years. Right. Or... We can use this kid that we've watched perform in the NCAA tournament three times, mm-hmm. and then performs when he's uh, when he's called upon. Good for Terrence, man. As a Florida State fan, I was I was proud. As a gambler, I was poor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you miss them both last night? You remember that thing I told you about? I'm really gonna miss the first round of the NBA playoffs. Oh yeah, it's here. <laughs> It is. You remember how good it was just a few weeks ago? It's that bad now. Well, I mean, really, who can foresee the second game in a row of a Philadelphia meltdown? Uh, well, from here on out, I'm going to look at what I think's going to happen, and I'm just going to do the opposite. I'm going full George Costanza. Whatever my instinct tells me to do, do the exact opposite. Right. I think that is the most productive way this can work. I saw this stat. I had to screenshot it on my phone. In the past two postseasons, teams coached by Doc Rivers are 11-5 and when they have at least a 16-point lead in a playoff game. Every other team in the NBA in those two postseasons where they have a 16-point lead, at least in a playoff game, are 76-3. and And Doc Rivers' teams are 11-5. and don't mean to beat a dead horse here, but when does he start? When when does Doc Rivers start getting blame for this? For having teams that can't hold leads, for having teams that blow leads in playoff series, it's happened time and time and time and time and time again. And now it's happened in two different cities after he left Boston. I mean, you got at some point you have to look at the common denominator, right? I 
I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't blame Doc Rivers at all for what happened last night. Don't blame Doc. Don't, don't blame, blame Doc. Doc. It's not Doc's fault. <laughs> Doc can't hit foul Do- shots. Doc can't hit free throws. <laughs> at the end of the day, no matter what, the the fact is, Supreme point guard cannot hit a free throw right. to save his life. Right. I saw one of those stupid internet memes earlier that said your birth month is who has to hit a free throw or you die. Well, yeah. mine was Ben Simmons. <laughs> I commented on it and went March. Doomed. Yeah. Doomed. Doomed. <laughs> was Shaquille O'Neal Start on negotiating list? with the uh, people that put this out in front of me. Was this intentionally like all the bad free throw shooters? Mm, there were only two bad ones. Oh, so you, it was you, just you Shaq out. and Ben Simmons, and I just so happened to get Ben Simmons. Nice. Uh, Shaq was on August, wasn't he? Because uh, that would be my luck. I don't remember. <laughs> that would be my luck. I always end up getting the shaft on those somehow. Uh, it's The Philadelphia 76ers blowing a, what was it, a 26-point lead at one time? Yeah, 26 points. And it's mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling. It is absolutely mind-boggling. And I would be remiss if I did not say... Adam Silver has got to be sweating bullets right now going, all right, so let me get this straight. <laughs> We're going to have a, a a conference finals, potentially, with the Nets not having uh, Kyrie Irving, James Harden being limited, the Atlanta Hawks, the Phoenix Suns, and the Kawhi Leonardless LA Clippers. The Phoenix Suns possibly without Chris Paul. That's not a thing. You were not here for that. It, he, first of all, he's vaccinated. Is he? Second of all, okay. they don't play again for a week. That was one of the stories that was like, oh, wow, you were really out of things to talk about, weren't right. you? That broke not 20 minutes later. Kawhi Leonard's out for game six or game five. Mm-hmm. I went, see, the, that's a story. That's a story. That's a story we need to talk about. <laughs> right. Uh, but without Kawhi Leonard, Paul George was able to step up last night. 37 and 16, five assists. I think he did. I think he became only the second player to have 35 plus, plus 15, uh, 15, more than 15 rebounds, more than 35 points, and at least five assists in a playoff game. The other one was Kevin Durant, who did it two nights before. The, the playoffs are just, the, the playoffs are drunk. I need them to They're go drunk. home. I need them to go home, <laughs> eat some bread. We'll recoup tomorrow. Wait, 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 wait. I just wait. need a full day off of the NBA playoffs. You just. Why? Because they're they're intoxicated. They have had one too many beers, and they need to lay down and sleep it off. Because <laughs> it's just not going the way you wanted it to. Is that no? Because you have in the last two days, you've had James Harden, who I'm pretty sure I could have scored forty on. Okay, as limited as he was, right? I think I could have scored forty on him. He does nothing but initiate the offense. They have one player, one, one. That's it. It's Kevin Durant. Nobody else. Can't beat it. Last night, Utah Jazz. It's Paul George and a bunch of dudes. Can't stop him. Yeah. Oh no. Atlanta just... Hawks and, and Philadelphia 76ers. The game's over. I literally turned it off. I turned it off. And then I saw <laughs> Pat McAfee tweeted something out that said this is an epic collapse or something like that. I thought he was talking about a hockey game. Right. And I went to my phone and I typed in ESPN.com and I saw the score of Sixers Hawks and I went, What is happening? <laughs> I had already put that in the win column. We had chalked that up. This was over. And not so much. No, no. I mean, you got you just got to give it up for that Clippers front office for the the great cast of secondary guys that they put around 
Paul George oh, and yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Oh, I mean, who's not just riveted to watch Nick Batum and <laughs> and Reggie Jackson? Re- uh, yeah, I talked about him yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> what you don't like Reggie Jackson? Uh, Reggie Jackson is quite possibly the lowest efficiency player in the history of the NBA. He might be the lowest efficiency player in the history of sports. <laughs> okay. It's just I, I'm just I'm I'm done with it. Can we not just can we just stop doing it? <laughs> just is stop. it not football season what, yet? What do you honestly? say? Stop the playoffs completely. Not, it's just, just it's the Denver just, Nuggets lost and you're done. I, I don't even care about Denver losing. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just I'm 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 bum puzzled at at all of these things. And, and the, you know what the the saddest part of this playoffs is? What's that? What is the story of this playoffs? The story. If of you the had to in the the most popular story. That has happened in the NBA playoffs. What is it? Oh, it's the Phoenix Suns guy. Suns and four guy. That's the NBA in a nutshell now. <laughs> the most popular thing that's happened in your playoffs is two drunk fans fighting with each other, and one of them looks at him and goes, Suns in four, after he <laughs> Floyd Mayweather's in five or six times. Oh, and then they give that guy tickets to he the conference him. finals. Absolutely. Devin Booker and his group reached out to him. Found I, out. I, I swear to you, I was going to do this at the end of the show, but since this came up... <laughs> I, I have to say this. I would be remiss as somebody with a show and a microphone to not say, I'm going to say this out loud. A fan fought another fan in your in your stands on video, and you gave him a signed jersey and free tickets. <laughs> no, no, no. Whose idea was no, that? No, no, no. The other stadium. It was the other stadium. I, okay. He I don't care Denver. where it happened. He lives in Denver. That's, in Denver. And that's all well and good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, all right. Let, me, let, me, let me say nation, it correctly. Baby. Okay, let me say it correctly. You had a fan in a crowd yep. wearing your jersey yep. on camera who assaulted another fan and you gave him free things. Do you not see how stupid Self that is? Self-defense, man. Do you not see how stupid that is? I mean, you know it, where this is going to go, I mean, the right? Dude, the dude Chuck Norris, the other guy. And uh-huh. when Chuck Norris... Beats up the bad guy. You got to reward him, right? I'm, I'm well aware of all of those things. <laughs> what I'm saying is, if you don't see where this is going to go, I cannot help you. Uh, what are you saying? Are you saying that by doing this, the Phoenix Suns are incentivizing their fans to assault people in other stadiums? Yeah, yeah, that does kind of feel that, that you way. You say it sounds it stupid <laughs> when you say it out loud. I read I, somebody said that to me on Twitter. They were like, "They should give free stuff to the Suns and Four guy." And I went, "That is the most ludicrous thing anybody's ever said to me." And then they did it. Yeah. And I just went, "Well, that's bizarro NBA world. <laughs> Why am I not surprised?" We cannot encourage this kind of fan behavior. Phoenix Suns, what are you doing? Although, on the other hand, part of me goes, "Yeah." Devin Booker and his, his and his agency found this guy. Well, I mean he he's gone viral. He's been on countless radio shows already, and they're giving him tickets. They're giving him a signed Devin Booker jersey, and they're giving him tickets to a conference finals game. And they'll probably pay for him to fly down to Phoenix. To go to the game. This guy's getting VIP treatment. Yeah, after technically he could be booked. Um, they're Completely. not going to. No. I mean, <laughs> no <laughs> nobody's done it yet, which By is surprising way, to me. You want to know why, why Jeremy doesn't... Uh, I've long said that I greatly prefer being 
in my recliner for games. That's yeah. why. That's why. Because you're afraid you're the you're you're going to get assaulted by a, a fan. Um, I mean, this is non egotistically as I can. Look at me. <laughs> no, I'm not particularly worried about that. I'm six five two seventy five. I'm not particularly worried about that. Right. I'm saying that every time I go into a stadium, somehow I wind up in the section with the two meatballs that can't stop punching each other. Right. I, it's almost like they give me the tickets with the intention of knowing they're going to be there. Well, it's because of your your anger. It's because your your aura. But well, because I've never soothe, I've never understood his anger. I mean, and look, I'm I'm a guy that enjoys a, a libation every now and then. Right. I've just never understood as a grown adult how exactly you get to the point of. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to punch that guy right in the nose. <laughs> I have never figured out what, like, your thought process is different than mine, and I don't understand yours. Right. That guy's making me angry, and I'm going to take my fist and hit him in the face with it. <laughs> you see how stupid that sounds? Right. And yet people do it in stadiums all the time. Uh-huh. And I cannot wrap my head around that. Yeah. Nick McKellar ended up getting a jersey and tickets for his response to Denver Nuggets guy. Tried to sucker punch you, basically. Meanwhile, I think the Denver Nuggets have decided that uh, they're not going to let Nuggets fan come back to another game. Because you just, you can't do that. You can't, you can't throw the punch. You can't throw the first punch like you're Robin Ventura and then get just demolished. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a new new day in the NBA. We are now rewarding bad fan behavior. Not long after we just had this battle about all the fans have to be better. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. You're in the sports tank. And we treat star athletes better because they're better people. Life isn't fair, kiddo. Get used to it. That's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. And yes, uh, uh, getting up early this morning in Atlanta to come back up here. The uh, talk radio down there was just on fire. If it wasn't about the fact that the Braves can't hold on to uh, a lead against the Boston Red Sox, they were talking about Trey Young and the Woodbirds. The Atlanta Hawks coming back last night against the Philadelphia 76ers. Another big-blown opportunity for the 76ers. And now they're down three games to two. It's not a place you want to be. Do you think they can rally? They dominated that game for three quarters. Mm-hmm. Now, did and you collapse? Fell, ap- fell apart completely in the fourth. Do you know how many players converted a field goal attempt in the second half for the 76ers last night? Uh, two. It's two. Yeah. Joel Embiid and Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. Everybody else was 0 for 11 from the floor. Everybody today that I have heard has talked about Ben Simmons. Can we talk about how bad Tobias Harris was? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just Ben Simmons. And now, granted, he was bad, and he's been awful from the free throw line. The other day, this was a team effort of bad. Yep. But at the end of the day, do you really think the Hawks are better? Honestly. No. They got shellacked for three quarters. No. Philadelphia completely falls on their face. It doesn't change the fact that I think they're the better team. I think they're going to win game six. Mm -hmm. Game seven's in Philadelphia. I'd say they probably win that, too. Right. 
Could I be wrong? Absolutely. I've been wrong about everything else in that series. So why would it surprise me to be wrong about that? I mean, you just you put yourself in a really tough spot because you've got a, a very young, energized group there with the Atlanta Hawks that are going back home for Game 6. The one thing, obviously, they do not want to do is let that series go back to Game 7. No. Back to Philadelphia. So it is going to be all hands on deck Saturday. Is that when they play? Or is it tomorrow? It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. I think they are going to turn it on, and they are going to give Philadelphia everything that they can handle. And let's have to see. Joel Embiid's going to have to carry the team because it ain't working for anybody else. No, I mean this is the. I said this in the in the sportsocracy this morning, nine a.m. weekday mornings, YouTube, Facebook Live. Find us at the sportsocracy. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo and Ben Simmons came to this league a, about two decades, two and a half decades too late. Okay. They don't fit in the modern NBA because they can't shoot. Yeah. They're both awful shooters. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they both get very finesse in late game situations like that. I don't know if it's that they're afraid to get fouled at the basket. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. I was going to say, basically, you're saying they they lose their cojones down at the down at the stretch. That's a way to say it. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, uh, and, and I, I didn't find this out until maybe four minutes ago. Okay. We look at Giannis and say, pretty good defender, right? Yeah. Long, athletic, all those things. Yeah. Ben Simmons, same thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many possessions in this series in the half court Giannis has guarded Kevin Durant? There's been about seventy half court possessions. Oh, I mean, I'd I'd say at least a quarter of the time. It's zero. It's zero. Zero. Not one time. He has not guarded him in a half-court set one time. What on earth could be the reason for that? If you're asking me from a coaching perspective, I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) I have one really premier length defender. They have one really premier length scorer. Uh Um, I, I feel like they teach you that in head coach 101. But this has become a more common practice of you don't want to put the premier defender on the premier player. And I don't know if it's your afraid they're going to get foul trouble. I don't know the answer to mm-hmm. that. But at the end of the day, if I'm Mike Budenholzer, we've played now five games. Kevin Durant's been the best player on the floor pretty much all five games. I'm going to have to change something. Right. And if I'm going to lose, it's going to be with my best player on their best player. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a uh, Kevin Durant, he would I, I believe he would take Full advantage of that. I mean, in this day and age in the NBA, your defense—I mean, you can't really play hard-nosed defense anymore, anyway. No, you can't but get away with. But you also got to remember, Durant's not a guy that gets to the basket real often, anyway. He's no, a jump but, shooter. No, but I feel like if they put Giannis on him, he's not going to the basket. That's what he would do. Absolutely not. He would not try to take him because it wouldn't work. Giannis outweighs him by fifty pounds. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work, and, and it's not his game anyway. That would be like saying that'd be like. I'm trying to think of a comparison here. They'd be like Steph Curry. Oh, he's being defended by the best player on the team. Oh, now he's going to drive to the basket. No. No, he's not because it's not his game. That's no more Kevin Durant's game than it is Steph Curry's. So that part, that makes absolutely no sense to me. It's not going to change what Durant does at all. And you know definitively, no matter what you do, they're not putting Durant on on Giannis. Mm -hmm. They're not. They've shown that all series long. They will do anything in their power to keep Durant away from Giannis. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so why is he? I, I don't. I, I just don't get it. 
I, I don't get it. I think it's something Budenholzer is going to be critiqued for. Right. And I think Doc Rivers has had some of those, too. Mm-hmm. But I look at it completely different. I think a lot of what happened, what has happened in the Buck series, I can directly attribute to Mike Budenholzer. A lot of what's happened in the Sixers series, everybody wants to blame Doc because he's been, you know, he has this reputation for not being great in close games. Right. I, he's not the one shooting free throws. He's not the one, Tobias Harris, who absolutely looked like he would rather be any place on planet Earth than that arena last mm-hmm. night. They were hoping that the coach from L.A., who blew, whose teams blew big leads, would come to Philadelphia and change the culture of that franchise, which was getting oh so close and then falling apart late in the season. I, it, it's just one of those things that it, it baffled me from, from Jump Street. We know Doc Rivers is a good coach. but He if, was the best coach they could have had. Right, but way. if you're saddled with that already... I don't know if I make that. I don't know if I make that call. I said from the beginning, I totally would have. It's one of the toughest positions to 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 be in to have a great coach, but you can still get, he he could still be saddled with these collapses, and now Philadelphia is doing it. I think even better than L.A. did. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. All right, have you heard the good news today? Out of Charlotte, we've got the son of Greg Olson has gone home from his heart transplant. TJ Olson left Levine Children's Hospital in Charlotte, fulfilling the promise to his, that he made to his parents when they entered the hospital and he's had his uh treatment for his congenital heart defect that he would one day ring the bell leaving the children's ward and he was able to do so greg olson sharing out the video of uh of tj leaving and ringing the bell uh out of the hospital it was a phenomenal moment and just something that i think you know good news we can all enjoy some good news every now and then especially this day and age with things that are going on in our world and we can all celebrate for tj that he's gone home he's got the new heart new lease on life best of luck to you kid uh your story was very serious mine is very irreverent who's shocked (laughs) exactly you know there is something that, that there are two statements that i feel like i make a lot one is we do not have enough bowl games in college football Mm-hmm. Sarcasm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other is, you know what I really love? Celebrities getting involved in sports. Yeah. We have both of them. Nice. The inaugural edition of the LA Bowl has found a sponsor. Jimmy Kimmel. It'll be the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Oh my gosh. This is the most ridiculous, preposterous thing I've ever heard. Jimmy Kimmel is sponsoring the LA Bowl. <laughs> Just his, by himself? He the... came out and said, it, this was in his opening monologue. He said, this is not a joke. This is a real bowl game named after me. So mark your calendars. It's like an early Christmas gift for all of us. Then he said, never before has a bowl game, game been named after a human being. As far as I know, I didn't check. He's right. On December 18th, my dream of forever being enshrined alongside orange, rose, cotton, and peach comes true. That's crazy. That is the most relevant thing I think I've ever heard in my life. And as soon as I saw this, I went, Yep, there it is. Very rarely do I find my just a bit outside story at 11.45 the night before. 
Nice. That's exactly what I did yesterday. So we'll get ready for uh, the big matchup in the L.A. Bowl between Tulsa and... Nope. It's the, it's the champion of the Mountain West and the fifth bowl selection of the Pac-12. <laughs> at SoFi Stadium in LA. Okay, so the champion of the Mountain West. So you're going to go Boise State, Colorado in the Jimmy Kimmel oh, LA Bowl. That's appointment television. <laughs> Can't wait to watch that. I mean, I think I feel like this is coming just from partially from an area of uh of 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 jealousy on your part. I think you wanted to have the first bowl name bowl game named after you i would love to have a bowl game named after me if it was the peach bowl or the cotton bowl or uh you know a bowl so game wait, that so people wait, have ever heard so wait, i wait. don't need a bowl that they play that, that <laughs> nobody's ever heard of that nobody will watch named after me really? i am egotistical don't get me wrong but no i do not mm-mm. There are a lot of things. I have a lot of objectives in life. Yeah, I, there are, there is a list of things that if if I ever become very famous, I would love to do. Mm-hmm. I would love to be on Hollywood Squares. Always said that's one hundred percent. Would love to do that. Okay, I would love to. I'd love to be on Celebrity Jeopardy. Uh huh. Hundred percent. That is one of the the bucket list things. Celebrity Jeopardy? 100%. I feel like that's a stretch for you. Uh, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. If I ever became a celebrity, <laughs> oh, I, got you, got you, I don't okay. think they're All just right. going to name a bowl game off after some random dude. No. Talking about if I ever had some level of, you know, celebrity. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I don't want to go on real Jeopardy because those people but you are way smarter than me. But, but you wouldn't want it if it wasn't a premier bowl. No. Like, you wouldn't take over the Here's Mindy the thing. Car Care Bowl and just make it the, G- the Jeremy Green Bowl. Uh, I mean... That the the Meineke car. Would you bowl. rather have a bowl? That <laughs> what? That's in Charlotte, isn't it? Uh, it used to be. I think it's the Belk Bowl now. Ah, that one's close enough. Yeah. I could probably deal with that. See, here's the thing: Jimmy Kimmel actually has to sit through this game. I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on! You would do it if it was your bowl. I'm gonna tell. Th- this is how have- I feel about the 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 balance of power in West Coast football, which is the Mountain West and the Pac-12. Right. A story trended over the weekend that would. Upset the balance of power on the West Coast in college football. Really? And, and this trended, it was put out by several big media outlets. Okay. And every time I saw it, I said the same thing. Who has power on the West Coast in college football? Yeah, really? There's not one. I mean, USC. Stop that. Out of all of the programs on the West Coast? They have the greatest historical history. Mm-hmm. I'd but in terms between of them recently, and, I'd say between it's between them and Oregon. Oregon. Oregon was the one that I said. That's the closest to a West Coast power you have. Yeah. Okay. USC's been bad for an extended period of time. Oh come on! Weren't they Pac-12 champions this past year? No, because they lost. Oh, that's right. They lost in the championship game. Yeah, because Colorado, who actually earned the bolt, couldn't play, <laughs> and then Oregon filled in for them, and they lost to Oregon. Right. Right, I remember. Who that. then played against Iowa State in a? Uh, I don't remember what bowl that was. It was the Fiesta Bowl, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I, I turned it on and went, nope. They're still employing Clay Helton out there. Unfortunately, that's that's wild. That's that's one of those wacky, crazy things that you don't expect out of college football. Here's a fun stat about USC: uh, Pete Carroll's first year and his last year were the only two years that they did not win ten games from 2001 to 09. 
Since then, they've had 10 wins exactly four times. So, no, I do not think they're a power. And Clay Helton is still the coach. Yeah. I mean, they still have the name recognition. They still mm-hmm. get the recruits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not as yeah. not not as much as they did, but still, I mean, every year it looks it sounds like they're you know five star, four star recruits. So that's the minimum of what they get. It's obviously dropped off a little bit. Zion Williamson's in the news today because well he he doesn't have a coach anymore. Stan which Van, he shouldn't. Stan Van Gundy got fired. Which who didn't see that coming? The New Orleans Pelicans let Stan Van Gundy go, and then the Athletic did a story today about, you know, inside the firing of Stan Van Gundy, and it didn't make anybody look good. It didn't. There were no survivors from that story. There were it not. was just brutal for everybody involved. <laughs> I mean, they torched the entire New Orleans uh, culture, basically, from front office down to. The the now departed Stan Van Gundy. And the thing everybody is hinging on here is that family members of Zion Williamson are very upset with the New Orleans Pelicans. And the question is, how influential is that to Zion Williamson? Well, I, I feel like Zion Williamson's family is almost as famous as he is now. From all of the coverage that we've given them with uh, you know the Duke scandals... And or just the one scandal, I guess. It's not scandals plural. But between that and now this, and of course everybody still has the uh, every day. Everybody in New Orleans still has uh, Anthony Davis still fresh on their minds, and of how all of that started with Anthony Davis's dad talking about how Anthony Davis should be out of New Orleans because they can't build a team around him. The problem is, this is what? We're two years in to Zion Williamson. New Orleans has him for three years under team control. I'm convinced there's only one hire they can make that will satiate Zion. Ooh. Is it Mike Krzyzewski? No. (laughs) John Calperi. Oh, I had not thought about that. That's the only one that makes sense. Well, think about it. I said this yesterday on the show while you were gone. The Zion thing... There was a little rumbling of this yesterday. Story comes out this morning. Right. Van Gundy gets fired at 11 o'clock yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. Story comes out by one. John Calipari would be open to an NBA return. Who wants you to know that? John Calipari? I I believe so. Yeah. I think you could. We, we talked about this yesterday. So you've already lost of the six highest paid coaches in college basketball. Two of them have already retired in the last three months. Yep. Then a story comes out about Calipari, who is the highest paid coach. And the story comes out that he's tired of the, the, the minutia in college basketball, all of the things that are happening. It's weird. Weird how all of the premier coaches seem to be leaving. Right. And they always get replaced by somebody like John Shire, Hubert Davis, or Juwan Howard. They're all young guys. They're all young guys that are willing to hit the recruiting trail mm-hmm. and deal with this being a 12-month-a-year procedure. Mm-hmm. John Calipari doesn't have to do that anymore. Plus, let's be honest. Ego recognizes ego. We both have one, and I totally understand him looking at the NBA going, that's the one thing I never I never conquered yeah. the NBA. Yeah, that's the one nut I couldn't crack. And it wasn't, by the way, it wasn't as bad as people make it out to be. People make it out like he was the worst coach in NBA history. That's a t- total myth. Right. They made the playoffs his first year. Now, they <clears throat> didn't last very long, but still, 
Well, the next year, you know, his act got a little tired. But still, he was not a bad coach. Mm-hmm. And I think he can relate to players in the NBA. He's put so many players in the NBA. Right. And I just, do you, the timing of things is, I, I'm always curious why things come out when they do. Mm-hmm. Why does Stan Van Gundy get fired literally a month, over a month into the playoffs, over a month since the Pelicans have played a game? Why? Doesn't make any sense. Right. You just, it's not like it's a contract squabble. They just signed him a year ago. Right. He's still so three years left on the what deal. changed your mind? Oh, day later, uh, Zion really didn't like you. Brandon Ingram did not like you. Didn't like the way that you were used together. All of these things. Yeah. Why does this come out? Why do you know these things? Because somebody told somebody, and the last somebody wrote it down on paper and put it on the interwebs. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think there's that many coaches that are going to satiate these guys. I mean, it's the, 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 the chances of somebody bringing in an innovative offense, the days of Phil Jackson running a weird triangle offense, that's done. Right. Mainly because we don't really run offense in the NBA anymore. <laughs> right. It's a glorified ISO. It's it's one for high isolation basketball time and time and time and time and time again. Are there set plays? Sure. Not as, not very often, mm-hmm. but they're there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you tell me, who is the – all of this reeks to me of the Pelicans' star players, Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson. Everything that came out seemed to be tied – if not directly to them, then very loosely to them. Who exactly do you think they would want? You think they're getting excited about Jason Kidd, which is a name I've heard 50 times in the last day? Right. I don't. A guy that had Giannis, a guy that had a bunch of talent with the Bucks and couldn't do anything with it? Mm-hmm. He's, a mediocre co- he's a mediocre coach. Mm-hmm. Terry Stotts? Really? I, I don't buy it. Right. A guy that was a middle-of-the-Western conference coach. That's who you're going to the athletic over. Right. I don't buy it. To me, it has to be. It's either a name or it's a scheme. I don't see a scheme. I do see a name. And it, to me, it's the only job. It comes out that Calipari would be interested in, in, in doing the NBA thing again. Mm-hmm. Look at the open jobs. What job do you think he's going to take? It came out now for a reason. He's not taking the Orlando job. I'm going to Washington to tie himself to Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Right. Indiana is a disaster. I don't think it would be Portland because Dame Lillard wants out. Mm -hmm. And he's not getting the Boston job. Right. So where's the landing spot? I mean, my favorite line, when you hear hoofbeats, it makes a lot more sense to assume horses than zebras. You don't think he'd go to Indiana? Why? To deal with an old roster that you're stuck with? No, I don't think he'd go to Indiana. <laughs> and I love how he came out today and said, I have the best job in the country. Of course he does. Really? He's got the lifetime contract. He can do anything he wants to at Kentucky. I don't think he has the best job in college basketball, let alone in the country. Who? I don't think it's even close. You're the only pro. You are the pro sports franchise in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. Do you know how many people have caught? Look. Paul Feinbaum used to follow us. I got to hear a lot of people. This is David and Lexington. You think it's time for them to fire John Calipari? I bet I heard that 50 <laughs> times when that was after us last year. We're so tired of the one and done. Oh, well, uh, well, who do you think they could get to replace him, David? I mean, you know, Phil Jackson's not doing anything. <laughs> That's Lexington, Kentucky fan in a nutshell. Not Bobby all Huggins, of them. Can we there get are a Huggins? lot of really good Kentucky fans. But then there's this crazy part of the fan base. 
that if they don't go 25 and 5 and contend for national titles every year, yeah. it's the end of the world. Yeah. Do I think that mixed with the recruiting, mixed with the transfer portal, mixed with the one and dones? Do I see a path that John Calipari goes, no, nah, I don't want to do this anymore? Yep. The, and I think it's going to be widespread. I've said for years, I think the next head coach of the San Antonio Spurs is Bill Self. I've said that on this show no less than 10 times. I remember. Because I think Becky Hammond gets a job this year. Still don't think it's Boston. I keep hearing that, but I don't think it's Boston. Right. Orlando. That would be my favorite, by the way. That's my favorite coach-to-team pairing. Orlando with Becky Hammond. Why? Because it's, well, it's a young team. It's a young team. You don't have the weird fan base that... I just... They because I want so it to demanding. work. Because I like Becky Hammond a lot. Saying? I I Yeah. I want it to work. Right. And I think that's a place where you would have... There would be a little bit of growth potential if you go 35 and... Hold on, math. Me and math don't get along. 35 and 47 next year. Right. They're not calling for your job, which I think they would with Boston. I think Indiana has too lofty of an expectation. I just look at Orlando and got the young team and I like it. It's a, I mean, it's like a trial franchise. No. A, <laughs> I don't agree with that. I, I, I mean, I, I, that's the way I look at it's it. It's a very it's like, young team. You, I mean, here's the thing. You, I, don't, you, don't, you don't take, I don't know, you, you don't make that move with one of the premier franchises. Oh, not necessarily. In my opinion. Not necessarily. I think she's one of the most qualified coaches in the NBA. There's no doubt when about it. When you have the sign of approval of, of Greg Popovich basically saying, if she's available to be the next coach of this team, she will be. Yep. That should tell you everything you need to know. Yep. Now, at the same time, I'm going to say this the way Sham Sharani has said it. This will be the fourth Orlando Magic head coach in four years. I don't believe they're going to try to make that 5-5. Five and five. Mm-hmm. Pretty much no matter what happens. So you're going to have some... Ability to get acclimated. Plus, there's a bunch of players in Orlando that I really like. Right. But now in terms of New Orleans, what would satiate Zion, Zion Williamson? That's the only thing that matters in this hire for New Orleans. You give me any other name. Well, I'll listen to I, it. I mean, the way they're talking is nothing's going to satiate him, and you're just going to have to trade him. Well, I don't buy that. I never have. Why not? Every other player in the NBA seems to be forcing their way out, or at least the big ones. Forcing their way out. You know what? Let's talk about that at the beginning of the next hour. Okay. Players forcing their way out. Okay. We will do that. Because what? I, because I think that's a complete myth. And we currently have it with two stars in the NBA, and it's laughable to me. All right. We will do that. Coming up next, though, we will do Jeremy's Picks of the Night. we got the Monkey Knife Fight Play of the Night, monkeyknifefight.com. We'll give you all the details on that, as well as the green on green. Now, his picks hasn't, haven't gone all that well. Uh, maybe they can turn it around tonight. You only got one game, so you got a you got a really deep dive on tonight's NBA playoff game. His picks coming up next on ESPN Asheville. Coffee's the closers on Get them the money. Then when you get the money... You get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then we get the power, then you get the work. Let's face it, last night did not go exactly my way. One and three last night. I'm going to look to get back on the winning track tonight. One game in the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets are a five and a half point dog tonight to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, 68% of the money is on Brooklyn, 52% of the sides on Milwaukee. I'm going to use the same theory that the smart money uh, that I used. Two nights ago. The smart money's on Brooklyn. I think Milwaukee's going to win this game, but I'm going to take Brooklyn to cover plus the five and a half. I don't really think James Harden's going to play tonight. I think he's going to be a late scratch, especially with the Sixers series possibly going seven games. 
I just don't think they're going to push him after he played 46 minutes in game five. He's obviously not completely healthy. I think they see this one as it's in Milwaukee. We can get that. We don't have to have this one. Go back to Brooklyn. I'm also going to go under the 220. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't. I got no sympathy for you. Do you think it's going to be a low-scoring affair, or they're going to be right around that number? It depends. If Harden plays 46 minutes again, I'll say it's low-scoring. Yeah. Because Harden's going to be the one initiating the offense, and let's face it, he's not at full strength. (laughs) If he doesn't play, then you have Mike James, who I just think is less efficient. So I think either way, it goes under. I also think that number's going to get bet up. I would say it's going to be closer to two. 221 and a half by the right. time it's all said and done. Right. Big question is, does 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 KD have to score 50 again for him to win? You think so? He doesn't have to. I didn't realize that was the question you were asking. <laughs> no, I was asking, does does he have to do that again for them to win? I don't think he has to score 50, but he has to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he is the best player in the world now. Everybody, everybody's got that recency bias on. Everybody's just, yeah, oh, Kevin Durant, greatest player in the game. Yeah, for now, and I mean until the matchsticks break again, really. All right, we got the Monkey Knife Fight play of the night. Go to monkeyknifefight.com today. Set yourself up an account. When you do, and use our promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, they will match your initial investment up to $50, and they will also give you a $5 free play, which you can use on the Daily Fantasy Sports Props at monkeyknifefight.com. What is the play of the night, Jeremy? I am playing the more or less 3.6x multiplier between the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I will take over 34.5 points for Kevin Durant because, like I said, I do not think James Harden, even if he does play, Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be compromised like he was in the last game. James James Harden's or uh, Kevin Durant's usage rate is going to be through the roof. I don't see a way he doesn't score at least 35 points, especially if they're not going to put Giannis on him. Right. Conversely, I will take over 33.5 points for Giannis Antetokounmpo because I think he knows he has to be the guy. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the third time I've said that. He hasn't really done that yet. So this is the night that if he doesn't, if he's under 33 and a half, we're going to be talking about how Giannis let this team down tomorrow. Yep. And I don't think there's a way around that. And be talking about another Milwaukee Bucks collapse in the playoffs. And there again, you have to ask yourself, will Milwaukee be willing to stick around with their coach? I told you that, I told you last week that Scott Brooks was not going to last long in Washington. And well, you that, doubted it. Well, no, you have that completely wrong. Scott Brooks' contract ran out. He wouldn't take what they offered. They tried to bring oh, him back. Oh, they tried to bring him Desperately. back. Desperately. He wouldn't agree to it. <laughs> and let me give you a... I, I can give you two words as to why. Yeah. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Team killer. It would just be very tedious for me to coach. Right. Sitting here looking at Bradley Beal going, I have one of the best players in the NBA, and all anybody wants to talk about is Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. But, yes, they did try to come to an agreement, and Scott Brooks, everything I've been told, Scott Brooks went, mm-mm. That number is going to have to be markedly higher. And I'll be honest with you, he probably gets a job in this cycle. Oh, yeah. And I won't be stunned if it's with the Indiana Pacers. Really? I still want it to be Mark Jackson, but I think it's probably going to be Scott Brooks. Have they even reached out to Mark Jackson? Has that even been I don't know. rumored yet? The Pacers search has been very quiet so far. Right. So. Well, I heard him on. I heard him on one of the shows the other day, and I went, "Oh, why didn't you ask him?" I think he was on with Colin Cowherd, 
And Cowherd did not ask him if Indiana had reached out to him yet. I was wondering if that was it could very well a calculated be a, that, play. That could be a sore subject at this point. Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah, he has not gotten nearly as many calls for head coaching jobs as he should have. He should get all of them. Every I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Really? There I, were some people in Golden State that didn't like him. There are specific places. I Now, granted, I didn't think Tom Thibodeau would take the Knicks job. Right. I said the Knicks should call him last year. The Pacers should certainly call him this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zion Williamson. He could be the next player in the NBA to force his way out. He's only been in New Orleans for two years, but already the rumblings are. His family says they're not happy. He's not happy. Then will he force his way out? We'll discuss it up next. Sports Center is coming up. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. And welcome back in to the Ingalls Studio here on ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Of course, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Live or on demand. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. This hour of the program, second hour, always brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check out our friends at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. Now, Zion Williamson, his family says he's not happy. The Athletic put out a big story today in the wake of the firing of Stan Van Gundy down in New Orleans that Zion didn't like Stan Van Gundy. Uh, His teammates apparently didn't like Stan Van Gundy. And his family, Zion's family, says they should put a better team around him or trade him. Now, the guy's only been there two years. He's got three years left on his rookie deal. And it could be the next example of a superstar. In this, in this case, a super, superstar in waiting forces his way out of the city. The likelihood that a... That a second-year player, a third-year player, guy going into his third year, forces his way out of somewhere. You know, very rare, you very rarely believe that a player that early in his career has that kind of power. There are not many players that have the level of leverage that Zion Williamson has and Luka Doncic have. Mm-hmm. Luka is tied into this because he said with Donnie Nelson – uh, you know, leaving Dallas, that that was hard for him. Right. He was upset a little bit because Donnie Nelson is a guy that he's known since he was a kid and says, you know, he's the guy that drafted him, the guy that brought him to Dallas. I don't, I don't read so much into the Luca thing. They asked him about it. He said, you know what? He's a guy that I know. I'm, I'm upset that he's gone, but I didn't, I didn't pull anything away from that going. Yeah. He wants out. No, I would say the more likely in Dallas is that you see Chris Tapps go somewhere and they try to retool with another star around him. Who that's going to be? I have absolutely no idea. Zion Williamson? No, they have <laughs> nothing to get Zion. <laughs> what would that take? To get Zion? What would a package for Zion Williamson look like right now? Depends on how much leverage he has. Uh, or how much leverage, let me say, rephrase that. Depends on how much leverage he uses. Okay. Because you said he has three years left. He doesn't. He has two years. NBA rookie deals are four years. He gets a qualifying a offer. At the, no, it's right. not a player option. Oh, okay. It's a qualifying offer that he becomes a restricted free agent. Now, 
has a player ever really used it? No. Because you know they're going to match. Right. But Zion's a little bit different of a player because we all know who Zion is. Zion's one Mm -hmm. of the few marketable superstars in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what his family members, maybe even him himself, sees is that if you're not going to put talent around me, I'm not going to be able to build the brand. I'm not going to be able to be the superstar. Right. And him being unhappy is a problem because he does have that kind of clout. Can he force them to trade him? No. But he can make it really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because he's the only player in that franchise that anybody cares about. You can argue Lonzo Ball all you want to. Uh, Not a top 80 player in the NBA. Right. Brandon Ingram maybe is top 50. Maybe. Right. I mean, I think just made his first All-Star game. Mm -hmm. So Brandon Ingram would have a little bit more clout. I feel like a lot of what Zion's doing here is going, look, this is my third coach in three years. You made the Anthony Davis deal, all of the things. You got all of these pieces, and the pieces don't fit. At the end of the day, there are going to be people that want to play with Zion Williamson. I refuse to believe that there's there's not. Mm -hmm. I think high-level players in the NBA would like to tie themselves to the Zion brand. Now, who that is, how you do it, I have no idea. Uh, I can tell you it's not Eric Bledsoe. That was a tremendous disaster. Okay. But you do have pieces. And I think that's what Zion's trying to do is exert his power because he does have that. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked numerous times on this show. There's not a lot of marketable superstars in the NBA right now. How many guys do you think are more marketable than Zion? I mean, LeBron, obviously. For a very short period of time. Oh, yeah. He's got a handful of years left in the league. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Steph Curry. I'm talking about for the long haul. Oh, well, that's... For the next 15 years, Zion's one, two, and four. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Luka might slide in at three, and then we got to get back to Zion again. Okay. And I think he's he's irritated with... He had absolutely no say in the Van Gundy thing. Mm -hmm. The Van Gundy thing made no sense. I said it on the show. It makes no sense. This is a guy that basically borderline destroyed Blake Griffin. Can we be really honest? Zion Williams is Blake Griffin. Zion Williams is just a really, really electric version. version. No, he's a more electric version of Blake Griffin. Right. The thing he does best is get to the rim and dunk. Yeah. Not a great shooter. And Stan Van Gundy did the same thing to Blake Griffin. And Mm -hmm. I think that's part of Zion's problem is you've got to get me a coach that fits these pieces. I don't know. I I felt like New Orleans just looked at at the Stan Van Gundy hiring weird because to me it it was like hey let's bring in this you know bring in this solid coach who's going to be able to wrangle these young you know these young players together yeah. I not this it was, day and age i thought it was completely misguided right not this day and age like the type of coach like stan van gundy to use the term that you used earlier he would have been a great coach 25 years ago in this league and he was a decent coach of about course. 15 years ago well sure he was but I'm saying if he'd have been a complete generation before, he might, you know, he might have a couple of rings. But as it stands right now, he's unrelatable. His mm-hmm. style doesn't work for the new game. It's just so many things wrong with that. I couldn't believe that they chose Stan Van Gundy after getting rid of Alvin Gentry, a guy that I kind of believed in. 
<laughs> and now where they go, uh, you're saying John Calipari. You think that if you had to I just don't know what else you can, on it, I just you, don't know what else you can do. Right. I don't know where else you can go. What I mean, and name me the coach. Name me the uh, anybody else that would really excite you and really lead to. I mean, Becky Hammond. I, I wouldn't hate that. Right. But I mean, then you get into. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at the candidates put out by. You know, uh, I don't know the name of this newspaper, but it's in New Orleans. I mean, it's Becky Hammond, Jason Kidd, Terry Stotts. It's got to be the Times picking in. Is that what you're looking at? I guess. It's just a screenshot of an article from a newspaper. I just can't tell what newspaper it is. (laughs) Okay. I I think you have to do something. Yeah. Because that's what Zion's looking at. He's looking at LeBron going, I can be LeBron. Uh I'm not saying he can be that high. He can be pretty close. Yeah. He can be pretty close. Yeah. He plays an incredibly fun brand of basketball to watch. Mm -hmm. And two years into the league, he's played zero playoff games. That's not good for the brand. He's also the he's also the uh, a guy that you said Blake Griffin, and now I can't get it out of my head. Like he is the walking highlight film. And then what? And then what does he do? Are you are you are you diminishing the game? I can't figure out what you're trying to say here. Am I diminishing the game of Zion Williamson? Kind of. I no, mean, you shouldn't. I mean, how he fits into this era of the NBA. He's the stereotypical, he, like, perfect modern big man in the NBA. So he's a good enough shooter to you to be able to no, he's big man. be the superstar. He can be a superstar, yes. Okay. I think he can be a face of the front. And this is a guy, do you know what he averages for his career? What like his his stat line? Oh no, it's twenty six, seven rebounds and three and a half assists. Like, I was gonna say, like his per thirty six is probably like twenty eight. Uh, his per thirty six is gonna be pretty good. Yeah, per thirty six in his career, where's points twenty nine point two. Okay, uh, and rebounds is eight, assists is right at four. Look at with I, a steal and half a block. I'm not trying 36. to say he's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm saying is, is do you think that it is a game that will be able to? last a long time will he be able to hang around and and be a superstar for 15 years well, i mean he's 20 years old play, so I'll, playing the way he plays yeah, yeah okay. i mean he's 20 years old so and i can't get away from how does he wind up in new york everything oh, yeah. has been it, it's just it makes too much sense it makes entirely too much sense mm-hmm. this team is now getting into relevance with tom thibodeau he I could see him being a – I could see Thibodeau getting the best out of him defensively yep. where he can bang down low with guys that are maybe a little bit taller than him, but he's more physical than mm-hmm. I mean, you look at pictures of Zion Williams, he looks like a bodybuilder. Is he a little doughy? Yes, he's a little doughy. So was Charles Barkley. He, <laughs> all I'm saying is he is the only guy that I've ever like seen him on a court and went, dude, that guy needs to do some push-ups. And then you see like no, pictures of him without his, his arms shirt. Then. Right, but you take you look at pictures of him with like his shirt off and you go, "Now wait a minute. Is he wearing one of those James Harden jerseys?" No, Houston? he's he is a, <laughs> a he is a crazy athletic individual. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I'm not trying to throw shade at him. I'm seriously like just trying to to see where your head's at with Zion and how long he can keep this up because the physical tolls of the of a guy his size moving the way he does, and the 
I don't know. It's just the fact that the, you know, I, I, I foresee him having a lot of nagging injuries going down. And I, and I'm, I guess I'm concerned that his career may end up the same way Blake's did. Mm, no, he's away from Stan Van Gundy. Blake Griffin never had another speed. That was the problem with him. He was a yeah. dunk guy. Yeah. And I always said Blake Griffin was made to look better than he was by Chris Paul. The best years of his career were with Chris Paul. Mm, weird. Weird how a guy who doesn't do much other than dunk and rebound right. looked better when he had the best point guard in the NBA. Zion Williamson's never had that. He's got some combination of himself, Lonzo Ball, and Brandon Ingram running the running the show with his team. But what of this this whole narrative of him trying to force his way out? I mean, we've seen other players do it. We've seen Anthony Davis get his way and mm-hmm. get out of New Orleans. I mean, at one point in his career, we saw Chris Paul do this. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. And the NBA players have all the leverage. Mm-hmm. If Zion Williamson does not want to play in New Orleans, he won't. I don't care that he's 20 years old. I don't care. This is a different kind of player. Mm -hmm. You cannot risk losing this guy for nothing. And if there is even a hint that that could happen, do I understand that that would mean he has to leave money on the table, blah, blah, blah? Doesn't matter. Does not matter. New Orleans is not a place that that, that free agents flock to. No. They have done practically everything they can do to make this team as good as it is. And they still can't make the playoffs. Even with 10 teams in the playoffs in each conference, mm-hmm. they still can't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Zion looks at it and goes, you know what? To what you said, I may not be a guy that plays until I'm 38 years old. My prime might be right now. Right. The best I ever am might be 20 to 25. And then I start to slow down a little bit because I am 6'7", 285. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what that tells me? Uh, he's not going to deal with Stan Van Gundy's and Brandon Ingram's and Lonzo Ball's for that long. And that's why you have an article from The Athletic. That's why you have all the things coming out today. is because he has the power and he knows it. So like I said, if he wants out, he'll get out. Yeah. You ask me what would it cost? Uh, let me answer that as simply as I can. A lot. <laughs> a whole lot. <laughs> Everything. But wouldn't it be worth it? Depending on who you are. If you're the New York Knicks, what, could you, what package could you put together? To get him away from whatever the, the whatever they want, Anything. I'll give you every draft pick from now until the end of time. Every other year with a pick swap in between, all the way in. Don't care. I'm New York. I can lure free agents. Right. I already have R.J. Barrett. Right. Julius Randle and a ton of picks. Uh, you interested? Reunite Julius Randle in, in New Orleans. That went so well the first time. <laughs> I don't know that they'd be down with that. I don't think you're going to have a whole lot of suitors that that match everything. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I guess that's my question. With Zion. The thing I've always wondered about Zion is I can't figure out if he's a... I know he's a one. Is he a Kawhi one that can win with just a bunch of dudes? No. Is he a... So. I'm trying to think. A Kyrie Irving one who needs somebody else. I think that's the answer. Uh, who? That's where it gets to. Is who? Oh, who he needs? Where, where does... That's what I can't... The thing I've always struggled with with him is, and this is the old superstar rule, if it takes you more than one breath to explain why a guy's a superstar, he's probably not. Right. And I kind of run into that with Zion. So He needs that point guard. So why does Dallas not make sense? I don't know how to get him. That That's the other problem is he's going to cost so much, and the Anthony Davis thing's not going to help anything. I feel like teams around the league look at the L.A. Lakers right now and go, you have two dudes. 
Yeah. You have two, you have two superstars and a group of dudes because right. you traded every young asset you had. And then they look at, oh, well, Anthony Davis got hurt and you just got run out of the playoffs by the Suns. LeBron by himself was not enough. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and I've said this about a lot of things. I think the trade market in the NBA has changed. I think at this point, teams will give up future assets in the, in the draft, knowing that you have to get lucky for that to be a true, genuine asset. They're not going to give up young guys that they already know who they are. The Knicks make sense because they have about 15 young guys that they could just go, well, you can have any combination of these nine that you want. Right. Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah, whatever makes you feel better, you just take that and you tell us how many draft picks and we'll call this game. Right, the only one you can't touch is RJ. Yeah, you can't have RJ. RJ's why he wants to be here. Right, exactly. So, all that and the fact it's the biggest media market in the world. Mm-hmm. That doesn't hurt anything. No. But all of these things, I think this is, and, and look, I'm not one of those that's going overboard saying he's trying to force his way out. All of this do, was done to send the message. Mm-hmm. This was a message of, just look at how, at the vitriol that you're going to catch from this, and they have. Oh yeah, of you have yeah you got gifted one of the great superstars after you got another one just a few years ago that got out of town. Yeah, if you do it again, yeah now you're now you're a franchise that's just spinning their wheels. And I think this is a warning shot. You go get me the coach I want, and you're going to do things the way I want you to do them. Right. Yeah, because it, it wasn't just it wasn't just about Stan Van Gundy. This was also about the front office and how they handled the JJ Redick situation. Mm-hmm. JJ and Zion were pretty close, apparently. And when JJ said, "I want you to trade me in the off season," if you're going to trade me, the only thing I ask is that you let me stay in one spot because. Of family situations. I guess the kids are in school. You don't want to split up the split up the family midway through the school year, especially with the where the way you know the weird way things have been with the coronavirus and all of that. He said, "Trade me any off season. If not, let me finish the season with you." And what did they do? They turned around and traded him. Even at, and that was after he said, "Okay, well, if you're going to trade me, at least trade me back home to New York. Send me somewhere I can win." What did they? They sent him to Dallas. Was that where? That was where they he they ended up sending him, right? Mm, no, that doesn't sound right. The Philadelphia, Oklahoma City. My computer. Where did they I send have, him? I can't. Re- no, you're right. It's Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. He didn't play there. Right. So it was. Well, he did play there for a little period of time. But they sent him to Dallas instead of sending him to New York. Didn't play a copious amount, and then didn't have a huge role. That's right. how I should have said. He didn't have a huge role there you in go. Dallas. And then, you said Dallas. It just didn't sound right. <laughs> and, then, and, and then Zion's family looked at that, and Zion looked at that and went, no. The NBA they, don't is, respect your play, they don't respect their players. The NBA is the one league where stars absolutely have the, they have the ability to do these things. Yeah. And there's one very simple reason why. New Orleans Pelicans games, if you can sell, we have Zion, people buy tickets. Mm-hmm. If it's Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and a bunch of dudes, people don't buy tickets. Right. That does not happen in the NFL. Doesn't really happen in baseball, if I'm being really honest. Could they if sell, people buy tickets? They buy tickets in baseball. Could they sell tickets if it was Chris Tapp's Porzingis in New Orleans? No. No, he's coming to Charlotte. We've already talked about that. Zion? No. Oh, Chris Tapp's. Yeah. The Hornets are intrigued by the idea. Oh, I'm sure they are. I mean, he's he's got what six billion dollars owed to him over the next two years. So yeah, that sounds sounds something like the Charlotte Hornets would definitely jump on. Mitch Kupchak still making those calls. Yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Let's bring in a worthless contract. 
because it's worked out so well for us in the past. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. You're in the Sports Tank. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it happen. Let's keep moving forward. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. And uh, I don't know. I mean, will Zion be able to force his way out of New Orleans? I doubt it. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's pretty well a myth that guys do that anyway. Anthony Davis and James Harden have done it in the last few years. Right. But, I mean, let's be really honest. Here's what nobody wants to talk about. Houston was pretty much as happy to get rid of James Harden as he was to be gotten rid of. Yeah. Now, do you have to have some lottery luck? Yes. But Houston knew they weren't winning a title with James Harden. Right. I mean, it would have been one thing. Have you ever noticed that it's never championship teams? Like Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving didn't force his way out. Boston got ridiculously tired of him and went, yeah, we're good. Right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're done. Well, he forced his way out of Cleveland. Once, yeah. Right. Because <laughs> they didn't want to play with LeBron anymore. Right. They didn't like each other. They had a little, they mm-hmm. don't like you. Mm-hmm. By the way, the chances that they could have won more titles there, right? pretty high. They didn't care. Yeah. Kawhi forcing his way out of San Antonio. Uh, yeah, it's because he was. I mean, that was one. Kawhi's of the, a weird. Dude, that was though. one of the rarities, though. It it is. It just doesn't happen all that often, right? So, and I'll give you Kawhi. He did force his way to San Antonio, mm-hmm. but it was more. I just don't want to play in the system. He's a weird guy, right? I, and at the end of the well, day, and that was there's... the injury thing too. Like he he didn't trust the team doctors, no, and, and that's what really exacerbated that, right? So, uh, yeah. I'll give you a call. I mean, but you do have more power. I mean, you have more power in the NBA than you have anywhere. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, I don't I don't think Zion's getting traded. I really don't. But there again, I mean, if you're, I I I keep I, I keep going back to Dallas because I believe Mark Cuban's at the point where he realizes what he has in Luka Doncic. He knows he has the next generation number one player in the NBA. And he knows if he's going to keep him, he's going to have to give him everything. And that's the contract extension, which seems like it's going to happen. There, you know, and that's putting players around him. I don't know if he feels like there's a shot that he might he might be able to get Zion. I don't he's going to he throw everything he can at him. Well, the thing is he doesn't have anything. I mean he's got draft capital that he could throw. Woo. It's gonna be at the it's gonna be in the twenties. Right. Well, That's they, the thing you have to remember about this draft capital thing. There's a reason it took seven of them to get Paul George. Uh, right. Okay, so you mean we get to pick in the twenties every year? Sweet, right? We need all of them. That'll be fun. Let's 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 just pick some guy that might be the fourth guy off the bench. That'll right. be great. And just give me as many draft picks as you can. But I mean, that's going to be the problem anywhere. That's going to be the problem with any package that you throw out there. The New York Knicks. What do you think is going to happen to those draft picks? They have young players though. This this is very the Mavericks true. do not right the Maver- the Mavericks have uh, Kristaps Porzingis and draft picks that's it that's the reason I don't even acknowledge that right the Knicks on the other hand they have actually drafted well mm-hmm. and I'll be honest with you if you could find a way to pair Zion and RJ together that's a that makes you an entertaining team I don't think it makes you a championship team you would still need another piece mm-hmm. but at least you're entertaining and at this point the NBA is. It's very quickly running out of teams that are entertaining. Right. 
Look at what we're watching right now. Oh, that's that's. I mean, we're seeing some good performances. I mean, you see, you just you just saw Paul George what try was, to shed every bit of uh, what was must watch television. What what were you sitting in front of your television with bated breath? Now I wasn't to watch what, Donovan Mitchell, who's on one leg, go up against Paul George, who might be the most overrated superstar ever. Right, have one of his rare good games on the road. Mm-hmm. Woo! We watched Ben Simmons just clank free throw after free throw. That was riveting. I couldn't turn the television away. Oh wait, I did. Oh wait, I did. And then I needed to somebody back. to tweet that they had collapsed for me to even know it had happened. Yeah, but then you had to go back and see it after that. I watched you? the last two minutes and laughed aggressively. aggressively. <laughs> just as every shot for the uh, uh, for the Seventy Sixers rammed out. It's bad. That's still it's bad. bad. That only two Seventy Sixers in the fourth quarter scored buckets. Mm-hmm. It was Joel Embiid and Seth Curry. And Seth Curry. That's they right. had almost. 80 of their points. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, they were outscored 40 to 19 in the fourth, in quarter. the fourth quarter and ended up blowing a 26 point lead. I mean, now they led by 18 at the start of the fourth quarter. There's a stat. I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it swirl around uh, Twitter today. The two biggest win probability collapses in the last, I think it's 10 years have both been Atlanta teams. Atlanta beating the Sixers last night and Atlanta collapsing in the Super Bowl against New oh, England. Oh, you had to bring it up. That's the only two games that in, in any sport that have had a 99.7% probability or better. Wow. Where the other team won. Since, and I think it's since ESPN started doing that, which was about 10 years ago. So who's really better? Doc Rivers or Dan Quinn? I think it's a question that we really need to focus on. Stop that. On the weird scale, there's Vegas... There's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, I know this doesn't really usually fit the weird news narrative, but I'm, it's weird because I'm getting to take a victory lap on Jeremy. I called it. It's Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are the two. They're the goat and the baby goat on Madden 22. The first time since what 2010 that Madden is putting two guys. On the cover, it was Troy Polamalu and Larry Fitzgerald after their historic battle in the Super Bowl that, uh, the previous year. And now, EA's doing it again with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The, patch- the passing of the torch, so to speak, between Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes. Who was your guess? The two, the, the two goats were going to be... I thought it was going to be Drew Brees, Brees and, and Rivers. Shape, yeah, yeah, in some it. shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. Now, now we're, we're focusing on active players... We have two goats. Let's just be honest. Madden's gotten very lazy. This is the first time you've had a player on the cover within, I don't even remember how many years it is. I think Brett Favre was the only one that had done it twice. Okay. And there was a huge difference between the years. Yeah. Brady was on the cover in 18. Uh Mahomes was on the cover in 20. Yep. There's been a a video going around of a guy walking into a room going, why is that the, the old Budweiser Frogs thing? And it's, he just keeps changing clothes. And they go, Madden, from 2000 to 2022. It's just the same guy saying the same thing over and over and over again. Oh, are they not being inclusive enough? Is uh, that what no, you're saying? No, the game is very redundant. Well, of course it is. And it's I love the, the game. same game every year. I love the game. But I'm going to need you to add some features before I buy it again. Right. 
I love it, and I'm good at it. I'll never but, forget when we started doing this show together, and you were like, oh, the new Madden comes out next week. I was like, I'm still playing the Madden from five years ago. Yeah, I can't Because do it doesn't change. Yeah, I can't do that. You, I mean, you can download the rosters. Yeah. You can just no. upgrade it and move on. No, I'm either not going to play it, or I'm going to play the most recent one. There's no in-between. Oh, really? 100%. You won't do the roster thing? I think the last time I played Madden was with you, to tell you how long it's been. Wow, that has been a long that was, time. We were, in, we were, we're doing in the, the show from the bunker. Yeah. The last time I played that game. <laughs> That's right, because the new one came out, and there were all the bad reviews on mm-hmm. how it was not good. Oh, it was very glitchy. Yeah. I saw that on Utah, and nope. I'm out because that will make me very angry. And so now they put Tom Brady, your arch enemy, on the new cover, and so you're going to be completely out of this. No, I just need features. I need I need franchise to get better. I need something to get better. Give me something. <laughs> the interface doesn't even change. Nope, you're not even trying. It doesn't have to. I mean, have you seen the the? I feel like the artistry on these games has gotten in, has gotten to a point where they can't ever top it. No, but you can at least change the change something. Just make right. it look different, if for nothing else. Right. Give me some features. Whatever happened to the create a create a team or whatever? They they threw all that stuff online, and you can't even do that anymore. Yeah, unless you have like the all access pass. Yeah, I'm I'm good. Like I, I didn't need any of that. No I just need franchise team. to be a little better. I need the 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 uh, create your the player. Yeah, I mean I like the story mode's fun. You right. know, and two K does that too. I also needed to not take four thousand hours to beat. <laughs> I don't have that much time. Yeah, can you can you please a let us skip do something? How about, just give me a skip button? How about can I create a superstar that's not a quarterback? That's what I hated about the Pat Mahomes yeah, game. I, and I'm, I don't care about any of that. I just need a skip button. Just give me a button where you can give me the summation of what just happened because right. I really don't care. Right. A Mandan, North Dakota man has uh, possibly revolutionized the way that you get out of going to weddings. Where's he from? Mandan, North Dakota. Mandan. Okay. He's a 63-year-old named Harlan Miller. And for the last 15 years, he's been playing poker. And his niece got married over the weekend, and he said, Sorry, honey, I can't go. I have to play in a poker tournament. Right. So he just didn't show up. Well, he went to the poker tournament, the Mid-Stakes Poker Tour Venetian $1,100 main event. $1,100 buy-in. He won it. The whole thing? Mm-hmm. He won $367,800. Yes, sir. And his only quote was, I figured if one family member was missing at the wedding, it wouldn't hurt anything. I just had a really strong feeling about this tournament. I had to go. I don't really know what it was, but I thought I could take it down or get real close to it. I can get a better wedding present now. That's awesome. Here's the crazy part of the story. He's been playing for 15 years. He had only won $140,000 in the last 15 years. Combined. Wow. Won 367000 over the weekend. And just one. I weekend. will say, based on the fact that you skipped her wedding, and now we are telling this story, that's going to have to be one very aggressive wedding present. Yes. Yeah, you got to buy him a car or something. Yep. Car was in my head. <laughs> yeah. It was car. Now like, you could, you, now you remodel could, the bathroom you or could something. You get him a Kia. You know, you don't, you don't have to you don't have splurge and get him like a $400,000 car. You just... Yeah, because after taxes, that's not going to be anywhere near three hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars. <laughs> no, feel like feel like Uncle Sam takes quite the chunk when it's uh, wagered earnings. Uh, yeah, as somebody that <clears throat> has done that a time or two, uh-huh. you're absolutely right. Yeah, those are those are not fun days.
Is that tax bracket conversation? It's almost 50%. 50. Wow. I figured it'd be somewhere close to that. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. I don't like it. (laughs) I'm very salty about it. Right. I almost feel like it's not worth it after that. Yeah, you're wrong. It's 100% worth it. It is? Oh, yeah. Okay. I asked somebody that's gotten the, you know, I've gotten a substantial check, whether it's DFS, whatever it may be, whatever the case may be. That check shows up, and you're like, oh, well, going to have to save half of that for taxes, but I still have the check. Speaking of, are you uh, going to be close this weekend? Are you going to be close to uh, pulling in a big big bankroll? I resisted the urge to tinker with my U.S. Open lineup. Uh, Brian Haynes, who was in with me the last two days, we did a U.S. Open preview video. Yeah. The two guys that I said, they're my cheap guys who I really want. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Matthew Wolf's leading it. Yeah. Rafa Cabrera Bello. Yeah, he's tied for fourth. Did I play either one of those guys? No, I didn't. No, I did not. Really? No. Well, that's no, I didn't, and I'm mad. I just, uh, I just, I somehow wound up with a, I wound up with six golfers on DraftKings for the weekend. They're playing in two groups. Yeah, and I didn't do it on purpose. Somehow, I have six guys that are. It's two groups of three, and they're all playing together. Did you play old, uh, your boyfriend, Brooksy? No. Who's also tied for first. Uh-huh. Yeah, I read a report on Twitter that said his knee looked bad and he couldn't hardly bend over and pick up a ball, and I went, mm-mm. And I will say, if that's the case, that will show itself as the weekend goes on. Right. This is a really hilly golf course. So if that knee's bothering him, but, I mean, Brooks Kapka's also just superhuman. I don't think he's even, I don't even think he's a person. I think he's just a terminator or something like that <laughs> today is the opening day of the u.s open at tory pines out in san diego uh current leaderboard we got russell henley and rafa cabrera bello tied at fur tied in uh, first place they're three under you're, for the day yeah your your leaderboard's way off matthew wolf patrick rogers and brooks Kapka are tied for first at three under russell henley tyrell hatton I don't know why I've said. I've heard Brian call him Tyler Hatton for so long that now I can't say his name. Tyrell, Tyrell Hatton. (laughs) They are at two under. Okay. And as I said, that Rafa Cabrera Bella just birdied a hole to take the lead. So both the guys I just said are tied first, which makes me want to just. I want to go. I want to yell at somebody. All right. Well, you need to call the USGA and tell them to update their. Don't website. use their leaderboard. Bad call. Really? Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna give you a vet piece of advice. Why? Don't use the USGA leaderboard. I have no idea why. It will live three holes behind. Really? Yes. Okay. And I'm not saying this because we work for ESPN. Use their leaderboard. It updates in real time. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Good to know. Because I was like, how could I be? Because off? it I'm is on the actual website. Yeah. It is thing. maddeningly frustrating. Okay. Been there, seen me do it. Yeah. So, who's your favorite to win this weekend? Uh, Rory McIlroy. Really? Mm-hmm. Any particular reason? This is a course that's really. I mean, and you've seen it. So you had fog today. the the del- the The start of the tournament was delayed by almost two hours. So you're gonna, if you're wanting to watch the golf, you're going to be up rather late tonight because yeah. there are groups that tee off at like seven fifteen tonight. Yeah, prime time golf. No, uh, it's 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 going to be a thing. Soothe me right to sleep at 7.30. Well, I mean, here's the thing. The guys that played early, they came out and shot reasonably low. Yeah, the course has gotten way firmer, way more difficult. And this is what you're going to see over the weekend. Matthew Wolf doesn't seem to be bothering him all that much. Everybody else, uh, 
There's some ugly scores out there. Who's going to break the news? 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 All right, this just popped up on ESPN. Rick Carlisle. He's, he's not coming back to the Mavs. Well, Rick Carlisle says he will not return after 13 seasons with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, so he told Mavericks owner Mark Cuban on Thursday that he will not return next season. Two years left on his contract. Spent 13 seasons as the Mavericks head coach. Um, after a number of in-person conversations with owner Mark Cuban, over the last week, today I informed him that I will not be returning as head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. This was solely my decision, Carlisle said in a statement to ESPN. My family and I have had an amazing 13-year experience working with the great people of this city. So, see, it's just another thing that's coming, another change that's coming there in Dallas. I really feel like this is an opportunity for Mark Cuban to to make something big happen in this offseason. You know what name I'm getting ready to say. What name are you getting ready to say? It's John Calperi. Oh, so you think this could be a bidding war between? No, them I think and if New you're Orleans? trying to make a splash, that's where you go. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you. It, you're it, also going to have a, a a the first female coach in the NBA next year. You mark my words that I said that. Well, I mean. The the names are already on Becky the list. Hammond or Teresa Witherspoon. It's one or the other, right? Dawn Staley. I've heard that name too, but I right. And I who, don't know that she would leave her current job. And who was the coach of the Duke women's team that was mentioned for the Boston job? Her name's not coming no to my coming to my mind. She was an assistant with the Boston Celtics. She just took the Duke women's job. Oh, I I do know who you're talking about. And for some reason, I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now, but. Her name's been thrown out there, especially with the Boston job. Um, I think it was Brian Scalabrini was the one that said he wanted to see her get that job right after the Brad Stevens news came out. Are you surprised by the number of openings around the NBA this year? I'm surprised that they're happening right now. That's that's bizarre to me. You figured they'd wait till after the season was over? No, I figured they would have already done it. Uh-oh. I don't understand why the what, the Wizards and Scott Brooks, you've been this far apart for this long. Right. Weird timing. Stan Van Gundy, you haven't played a game in a month. Mm-hmm. Now, Rick Carlisle, they had not been out of the playoffs that long. Well, part of me also feels like change begets change. You know, they see other The NBA te- goes through change for change's sake a mm-hmm. lot. Right. But I see all these other teams making making their changes. And maybe that spurs a New Orleans to say, you know what? This just isn't going to work. We thought maybe we could patch it up after the season was over. That didn't happen. I don't know what Rick Carlisle's reasoning is for leaving, but the fact that Donnie Nelson's been let go as well, I can only surmise that those two things are linked. Maybe Carlisle just realizes that it's time, time to move on. Also, remember I said this, uh, Rick Carlisle played for the Celtics. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, but how old is he? 61. Okay, so he's not that. Just saying that Rick Carlisle did play for the Celtics. Okay, all right, all right. I like that. I mean, there are a lot of options. There are a lot of jobs open now in the NBA. Yeah, and I I feel like... I mean, Terry Stotts is going to find a job. Well, you have two. You have two very high-profile jobs. 
Dallas yes. with Luka and and the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Boston Celtics is top two or three jobs in the NBA. I, mean, I feel like New Orleans should be in that. New Orleans has a lot of young players. There's just a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces there. If they have the guy. Mm-hmm. They have the rising star of the NBA. I, I can't put them with Dallas, and I can't put them with Boston. But right, yes, they do have young stars, a young star, and young talent. But I can't put a small market team with with Dallas and and Boston. That's two of the top seven most valuable franchises in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, they just don't come up very often. Rick Carlisle. Do you realize how long Rick Carlisle was the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks? Thirteen seasons. Thirteen years. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen in the NBA. And he could go somewhere and be the next head coach of the Boston Celtics for 10 more years? Mm-hmm. 12 oh, more years? Oh, he's going to be a coach somewhere. You mark my words. Mm-hmm. There's no shot he's not in coaching next I year. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of, there, there are a lot of move, uh, chairs going to be moved, but a lot of the same names are going to be filling them. I don't agree with you. Really? Of the coaches that that have been let go or mutually agreed to part ways, the only two that I could see getting another job would be Scotty Brooks and Rick Carlisle. No stats? I think he could benefit from taking a year off. Okay. I, I, the only spot I see him going is Indiana. That's the only one that makes real sense to me. Right. Would you good? And then you're going to have the revolving door of of names that are thrown out there for all these jobs. Terry Stotts Jason doesn't Kidd. win the Terry Stotts doesn't win the press conference, and I'm afraid some of these teams are going to try to do that. Uh, I see what you're saying. Doesn't really move a needle, no, for a fan base, no, because I, because people are going to look at him. The lay fans going to look at Terry Stotts and go, "You had C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard for this long, and you did absolutely nothing with it." Then they look at their own team. Like, let's say it's Indiana. Right. They look at their own team and go, okay, so you had two better players on that team than any player we have here. And I'm supposed to feel like you can lead us to a title? I don't buy that. Demodinus mm-hmm. Sabonis is better than C.J. McCollum, but still, it's close. <laughs> it's, it's close. It's close. C.J. McCollum has been better for longer. Let me put it that way. Okay. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. We'll be right back. Pernicious. Adjective. Having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. Now, Wicked Weed's flagship IPA, winner of a silver medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships, isn't harmful unless you're a competing IPA. Brewed in the mountains of western North Carolina, Pernicious IPA will destroy your expectations for all others in its class. Pernicious IPA inspires you to enjoy fresh and often. Order up at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed, the official craft beer of East Tennessee State University Athletic. Drink different, drink responsibly. You're in the sports tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. Okay, so I've been gone for a couple of days, and I and I really need your help, Jeremy. Are the Chicago Bears lying to us? Hundred percent. Okay, I, I ranted about this for an extended period of time while you were gone. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> They're either lying or they're delusional, is, and I don't know which one it is. Because I, I mean, I just can't believe it, that the, this push that they're trying to get us to believe that Andy Dalton is their starting quarterback. There's a, there's an article out on ESPN that just came out what about two hours ago that says Justin Fields has bought in. Well, they asked Justin Fields about this report of you know Andy Dalton them sticking with Andy Dalton as the one, and Justin Fields being the number two. I said, what do you think about that, Justin? And he said, 
I mean, I mean that's the plan, and I got to buy into the plan, or the plan's not going to work. He said all the right things. What do you expect him to say? Do you expect Justin Fields to come in and be like, "I'm the rookie in town, and I'm taking over this job," and they're a bunch of liars? No, stop it, Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, everybody with the Chicago Bears pushing this narrative out. Stop it. We know. We know you're not in that place. Oh yeah, this is liar season in the NFL, without a doubt. This is don't believe anything you're told. But what is it? I mean, what does it benefit them? What does it behoove? That was them one of the things I couldn't quite figure out. Because basically, what I said, we looked at their at their schedule because that broke the same day that Tua had five interceptions. Yeah, yeah. And I said, you really are not learning from what the Dolphins did last year. He didn't start the rookie, and now he's behind the eight ball because he didn't get the reps. You you really don't see that, right? Yeah, okay. If they're th- the way their schedule breaks down, I think they will be three and six, four and five at best mm-hmm. going into the bye week. If Justin Fields is starting, Matt Nagy might have a job through the end of the year. If he's not, I guarantee you he won't. They're four and five after nine weeks, and and uh, Andy Dalton is starting. Uh, bye, bye, all of you. It's just, just no more things are going to be the same here. Right. We're starting a whole new era in Chicago. Um, and Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace know that, and they can't they they can't keep up this charade forever, or maybe they can. Maybe oh, no, that's their plan. Maybe their plan is we're going to start Andy Dalton. We're going to expedite our exit from the franchise. We hope to be fired by week five. We're really hoping to land one of these open spots in the NBA, and <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense to me. It just makes absolutely zero sense why you would push this out. Why do you want people to believe in Andy Dalton so much? Nobody has. And when you when you signed him for $10 million, you were a laughing stock. And then, oh, you gave up draft capital to move up to the 11th pick to get Justin Fields. It's bang up job, guys. You got $30 million wrapped up in backup quarterbacks. Way to go. Oh, yeah, this is this is prime liars. One of the things I'm enjoying most, I either follow or know or beat writers all over the country. It yeah. is so funny to me that every team has a star of minicamp. This guy's going to be our guy, and I'll bet you thirty of the thirty-two don't pan out. Yeah, it's always uh, the the ones that I'm hearing the most often now. Uh, Jacob Harris, who I tried to tell you in the pre-draft process, you're welcome. Yeah, uh, that's one I actually believe in. The Rams have been talking him up like madmen. I could actually see him being the starting tight end for the Rams this year. Doesn't yeah. hurt that he's six five with four four speed. So you don't <laughs> really have to be all that skilled, and he does have some skill. Right. Doesn't okay. have the greatest hands you've ever seen in your life, but uh the Jets with Elijah Moore. Uh-huh. I mean, and there's literally one with every team. Of course. You're gonna have that one guy who stands out, the one guy that you gotta push. You gotta have a narrative. I don't see the problem. I, I mean, you just I, don't think you. What you're saying is you don't think that the the training camp darlings are actually going to be all of them. They pan out about ten percent of the time. Ten percent of the time. That's about the hit rate. Okay, so I don't like your Jacob Harris thing already. No, I like Jacob Harris a lot. Do you like Jacob Harris as much as you like Chris Herndon? No, I like Jacob Harris more than Chris Herndon. Do you like Jacob Harris as much as you like 
Donald Parm. Parm? Yeah. Uh, mm. I like Jacob Harris better because I haven't seen his team just go, nope, we are not using him ever. <laughs> I just want this to be Donald Parham season. I need Jared Cook out of the way. Yeah. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to figure out where he falls in on your tight end whisperer scale. Like is this is this one of those that we're gonna look back on and go, Holy cow, Tyler this is one of those, was awesome. The, or is this gonna be what happened to Chris Herndon for the third season in a row, Jeremy? Well, Come on. Uh, Chris Herndon was never a... I mean, I bought him. I'm also a Jets fan. You should realize oh, I mean, that you know. I hear things from beat writers about six different directions with the Jets. Right. Just saying, if you're drafting a dynasty team, late-round flyer on Jacob Harris is probably something that you should consider. <laughs> uh, have you have you gotten into drafts yet? Have you done any drafts? Uh, no. We're, we're, I will be gone for the next four days, so yeah. it, it would... When I come back, it is fantasy football time. It is heavy, hot and heavy fantasy football time. Yeah, so uh, next couple of days is going to be uh, me and Brian in here in the afternoons with you here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Don't forget to check us out in the Sportsocracy, 9-ish every weekday morning on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Sportsocracy. We'll see you then.